All right, welcome back to our Read Out Loud. We are still on Chapter 48, The Search for Calvin Chomsky. I cannot see, so I don't try to. I close my eyes, and I walk my hands all along the painted stony walls. I'm quick, but I'm careful. I feel the wall where I drew with charcoal. I feel the bump of the Arrakis's rump. I smell the oil crayons. I know this whole place. I touch all the walls. Then I touch all of the air. Every bit of it. Arms out in front of me. I get low and I brush my hands along the floor. My fingers hit something soft and lumpy. I'm about to jump out of my skin. But it's not Calvin. It's the rug that Mooney likes. I creep along bump my forehead into the bench we made with the five-gallon buckets. This whole time, I whisper Calvin's name. I hope and I hope. I check every inch of that root cellar, but I find just what I think I will find. Nothing. I sit back on my heels and whisper, Calvin, where can you be? Then I whisper, Calvin, do you know where you are? Tell me. Then I remember how it was to find Benny Kilmartin at the bottom of the treehouse. I think, no, Mason. Don't think like that. It's Calvin now. You have to find Calvin. I get up and go outside where I can see. Strange thing, that is, the root cellar being darker than the night. I close the door and that blanket of brambles behind me. Some searchers come across Swaggertown Road. Giant fireflies. They bob through the cluster stop down Macintosh Circle into the new neighborhood below us. Some head into the space in the middle, our orchard. I want to go with them. I don't need a light. I can see without it. And I think this. All of us need to check every mound of grass and make sure none of those is Calvin. We have to look up every tree, even though Calvin is not a climber. Check anyway. So I start marching there. I don't get far. Uncle Drum calls for me. I turn around and see him up the crumble down, looking down off the end of the porch. And I see the shape of someone else beside him. Lieutenant Baird. Chapter 49, The Last to See. And don't you know it, the lieutenant wants to have a talk with me. We go inside, sit at the table. No notebook tonight, and Grandma does not wipe down the kitchen. She and Uncle Drum stand near me. Shailene has her eye at the crack of the bedroom door. The lieutenant is jittery, and he talks fast. What we get to is this. I'm the last to see Calvin. Makes me special, but not special. And I try to think, is that true? Am I the last? Do we actually know that? But I think the lieutenant will not want to hear me ask it. He thumps a finger on the table and says, Mason, this is very serious. Do you understand me? I nod my head. And he says, we have a second missing boy. And here we are with you. I swallow down on nothing. Dry air. I think about all the worry I have, that I'm bad luck. And I say, you mean second? Like Benny Kilmartin was missing first and now Calvin? He says, yes. Those are two boys that I'm referring to. I need you to tell me what happened today, Mason. Let's get to it. I wipe my face on my shoulder. My thinking goes backward. The lieutenant says, I need to know everything. Was there a trick? A game? I say, no, just a chase, and then I lost him. You were chasing him? I say, not me. You just said you lost him. Yeah, but... No, no, I don't chase, but we were running, both of us, and we had to split up, and it was supper time. He ran home, I mean, I thought he did, up John a gold path, but now... Yes, now what? What do you think now? I say, now he's missing, and the others might have... Who are the others? I take a breath. I am trying. 
trying to hold on to the sequence in my brain. But when the lieutenant interrupts, I have to go back, catch that thing I was trying to say. I return, oh, um, the others are the neighborhood kids who, and who are they? Oh, okay. There's Matt Drinker, Lance Pearson. They said they lost him. They think, well, I think they meant he, he disappeared. Disappeared. Some spit flies with that P sound. The lieutenant is not happy. I hear him breathing through his nose, being impatiently patient. That's what this is. He will get madder and madder. I know it. I reach for the paper towels, tear one off the roll, and drag it down my face. I stop and hold it over my eyes. The lieutenant says, Mason, why were you heading into the orchard just now? I bring down the paper towel and say, to look for Calvin. I looked at the lieutenant straight on and I say, I'm just like everyone. I want him back. The lieutenant says, then you have to help me, Mason. I try. I close my eyes and I start to see it, the chase, the map of it. It's going backward map. I try to think of a tell, telling a story, the sequencing, but the sequencing is going backward, backward, backward. So I say, the last thing was I dropped Mooney off at the drinker house, their dog. And before that, I was in the orchard, middle of the hill. I was looking up at the crumble down, this house. I saw Matt and Lance. They said they lost Calvin. Before that, they were coming around the corner, off the porch. I looked at the lieutenant now. He lets out a breath at me, and I say, sorry, I don't know the part before. I mean, I don't know their map or, or Calvin's map. That piece is missing. The lieutenant takes a note. He puts his hands on the table and straightens his elbows. He says, you can be sure that we will talk to those other boys. Grandma says, when? When will you interview them? It sounds like they... Now the lieutenant interrupts her. He says, there's a process here. I'll have to have someone speak to them. But this comes first. As far as we know, Mason's the last person to siege Calvin Chomsky. But how about this, Mason? How about you walk me through this map of yours? But let's go forward instead of backward. Can you do that? How about we begin from when you got off the bus today? So I say, oh, okay. In fact, let's go walk that map. You take me, Mason. The lieutenant gets up and the table shakes. He says, let's go out there. Let's retrace. Uncle Drum says, that will be the three of us. He flicks on his flashlight, and so we do just that. I think it's a good idea, better than sitting and interrupting. It starts with a cluster stop. It's Wednesday quiet, two banana, banana milkshakes, and then out of the crumble down with Calvin, into the orchard paths. I walk. The lieutenant stales on my heels. The orchard is different at night. The shadows, the dark fruits, some clinging and some have dropped. The sweep of the lieutenant's flashlight beside me. We hike. I'm pretty sure we reached the pond the same way Calvin did earlier that day. Tell you what, the lieutenant is interested in the pond. He says, any swimming? I shake my head. No, too weedy and too mucky. That's, and besides, this is in the fall. Lieutenant leads Uncle Drum and me away. He walks all the way around the pond. I tell him Calvin and I were not on that other side, just Matt and Lance were. I tell him two times. He brings up the flashlight and makes me squint. Why don't you walk back? Why didn't you walk back around the pond, Mason? Any reason why Calvin couldn't have come back this way? I shrug. I don't know. It makes me feel stupid to say it. I feel stupid that I don't really know what the lieutenant means. We go around the pond, but find nothing. Then the lieutenant calls for helpers. They come quick, and he sends them out around the pond. I say, there's more of the map, the part that comes after the pond. 
He says, and you say Calvin was still with you? And I reply, yes. He wonders if I'm sure, but I am. He tells the searchers to stay with it, stay at the pond, and then he tells me, okay, Mason, let's go on. So we do that. Through the orchard, and then comes the hard part of the map. I say, Calvin and I split up. It was near here. I'm not sure exactly where. The lieutenant points me at the orchard rose, the grasses, and he watches my face. I can feel it. Sometimes he holds up the light so he can see me. He says, think, look, and think. Uncle Drum says, he's doing that. Give him a chance. I look to the left and point, finger moving, and say, Calvin went up that way, on his own, but I don't know exactly where. But I went on, Lieutenant says, I bet you can remember. He shines the light in my face and then up at the hill and says, where, Mason? I scan. We're near it. Pretty sure. Near the place I saw Calvin go scrambling. I'm afraid to say it in case I'm wrong. There's some part of the tall grasses that is flat down, a trail. We walk it, even though it's not my map. The trail goes sort of forward to the crumble down, but then it winds a bit, and I tell the lieutenant, you know, this path could be made by Calvin, or by a deer, or rabbits. It's hard to know. Uncle Drum says, you're right. It could be an animal path. The trail dies away in the shorter grass now, but Lieutenant and Drum and I make a guess. We go up across the front of the crumble down. The lieutenant shines his light all the way along the stony foundation behind the shrubs. And I think this, I already look there. Did that myself, but I didn't say it out loud. We crotch, cross the porch to the mousy chair. The lieutenant gives it a shove. Might be because he's mad, but then we see it. Calvin's dr- backpack. It drops out from behind the, sh- the chair. My heart takes a hop and I say, that's Calvin's. That's his. Lieutenant goes stony-faced. He bounces his foot up and down our cruddy porch boards, and he looks at the steps. He says, can I have a look under this decking? I need to, now. It's Uncle Drum who does it, starts kicking up the boards himself. They come up easy. If they don't, he yanks on them, barehanded, or he kicks harder. I drag the mousy chair down the old steps. Lieutenant shines a light. Grandma and Shailene hear the racket, and they come to the front window to watch. We all call out, Calvin! Calvin! But Calvin's not beneath our porch. Just the joists sit there, bare old bones with no skin on top anymore. Everything is worse than a minute ago, when we thought we might have finally found him. The weather comes in, a downpour. It makes the search harder. Postponed is what I hear. Lieutenant, I tell the lieutenant that I can't postpone. I'll go back to my map. Walk the orchard again. The rain doesn't bother me, not as much as wondering where Calvin is. But the lieutenant says no. He wants me inside, and he's firm about it. Grandma wonders what I want to do with the rest of my supper, because I left my plate. But I can't eat it. I climb the stairs, and I kick off my shoes, skip the stuffing out of them with the newspapers. I drop my pants in a heap, but I don't really go to bed. I lie on top of my sweaty t-shirt. I stare at the chestnut beams and I think this, the Buttle House won't sleep tonight. And it doesn't. I know because I hear the washing machine filling. Later it spins, empties, spins, and then the dryer flips the clothes. My t-shirts, tink-a-tink-a-tink, tink-a-tink-a-tink. I lie awake wondering where I would be if I was Calvin. I hear the rain and hope he's dry and safe. And I think of the Chomsky parents. I wonder if I'll see them in the morning. 
I wonder if they will wear the sad to see you faces. I think of the first missing boy, of Benny, who believed that shafts of light make a pathway to heaven. Chapter 50, Hot Rain It might be that I've slept only for a few minutes. I can see the darkest part of the night just ending. I think about light and dark and I sit up. I suck in a breath. I know where Calvin is. I scramble up off the bed, jump into my pants, and stuff my feet into my open shoes. I hurry, laces flying. I thunder down the stairs, hands barely on the rail. I snag the flashlight off the hook and swing the front door open. I leap over the ruined porch, and then I run, full out. I round the back deck of the house, head for the dip, and I call Calvin's name. My foot lands on something strange, slippery, hard and round. My legs go out from under me, and I go down on my side. The flashlight slams the hill. I can see the beam. Plastic salad bowl thing. The cap of the light shaft. It's sliding away, down the hill like a saucer sled. I scramble up, hurry to the root cellar door. I reach into the thorns and haul it open. Inside, I stand below the shaft of the dead man. All is dark, too dark. I tip the flashlight up and shine it into the shaft. What am I seeing? Is it anything? I call Calvin! Calvin! Something comes down on me like hot rain. It stings my head, drips down my shoulders and arms. There's a smell, not so good. I step up on a bucket and reach my arm up, into the shaft of the dead man. Something fits in my palm and I grab it, tug it, and pull it down. And there I'm holding one tan, sandy shoe. Mason? Calvin! Calvin! Mason? Calvin, oh, holy cow, he says, I'm, I'm sorry. What, what did you say? I talk up into the shaft. You're sorry? Yeah, I just weed. I think this, the hot rain. But Calvin, it's you, he says. Yeah, I'm just hanging out in the shaft of the dead man. He's hard to hear. He's raspy, like he wants to breathe but can't get any. Like he wants to be funny, but this isn't. I say, Ah, Calvin, how? We searched for hours, and then just now I woke up and I knew how to find you. I don't know how, but I knew. But Calvin, I've got to go for help. You have to wait, okay? You wait. He says, I will. I have to. I'm stuck. It's so tight, Calvin Mason. I'm not in great shape. You need to tell them. I can't stay awake. And, and... What? And what else? Calvin grunts, and then he says, Tell them I can see my left leg, because it's right here by my face. Yeah? I think that does not sound good. Yeah, but I can't feel it at all. It's dead asleep in a bad way. And I'm thirsty, Mason. My head is aching. I'm scared. Hold on, Calvin! I cry out loud. Hold on! And then I run. We are going to stop there for today. A cliffhanger, I know. And we will find out what happens to Calvin tomorrow. But Mason has found Calvin and help is on the way.